No. It's getting warm. That was good. That's me. It's just it's hot air. Got a jacket on. No, what are you doing, man? I wear a jacket on. It's 90 Welcome degrees. to Coffee. That's because you have no meat chat, Sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the Silver Road to Recovery. You can download Sober.Coffee nice. weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober.Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at SoberCoffeePod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober.Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path of recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, Mike. I had to stand up, man. I stretched my legs a little bit. I How know. you doing, Chief? Good, good. Love good another, here, another coffee session. Yeah, we have muffins and we have a guest. Yeah, we do. We got uh, Paul back in the studio again today. Paul, the, great uh, to have you here, man. Shop. Yeah. Nice to be back. Yeah. Great digs here. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, we um, I'd encourage anybody if you if this is your first uh, rodeo with Paul, go back and listen. We've got a couple episodes that uh, uh, Paul got a little deep and a little bit wide, and and uh, and we really appreciate having you back again. Uh, yeah, I love using the word relentless. I probably used that word ten times already with uh, Paul, but it's quite obvious that uh, you know. And 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 hey, frankly, um, I mean, as much as I think I'm in the deep end swimming, and uh, you know, I am challenged. I am charged up and challenged to go deeper, to uh, you know, learn more, to be more diligent, sharpen the pencil, and maybe even get another pencil, yeah, right? Yeah. So, Paul, thanks for that, man. That's that really rocks. Um, and and as I mentioned in a prior episode, um, you know, Paul comes out of he's he's associated. He's doing a lot of cool things, but he's associated with Trinity Sober Living. So, what I'd like to do before we we dig into our session here is, Paul, I'll bounce it to you and just do a thirty-eight second overview. I've been to Trinity. Um, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing house. It's a million-dollar-plus house, and it's great five-star chef food. But, man, that's not what it's about. My first, uh, my, my first rehab was in Laguna Beach, and I had the penthouse Pacific view, Pacific Ocean view, and the personal chef. And, and, and I went there because of that, but that's not what it's about. But it's a great environment, but i like to just bounce it to you, Paul, to just kind of talk about Trinity and the services and the benefit and value. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back, guys. Appreciate that as well. Um, so Trinity Sober Living uh, was was founded by uh, Mike Owens, my partner. Um, and essentially, we're, we're at the, Sober Living is at what they call a continuum of care. It's really at the end of the continuum of care. So you've been through residential, you've been to treatment, you've been to halfway houses, three-quarter houses, many of them, and it's about time to go back home, but you're not quite ready to go back home, so uh, you come to Sober Living. And Sober Living is a place where you have a whole lot of freedom, you have a whole lot of, of opportunity to go out and, and work and, and do the things that you're supposed to do, get back into the game of life. But we still have some accountability. So we have, uh, we have, uh, we we call it, um, you know, regular and random drug and alcohol testing at the house, uh, and you can be tested anytime, day or night. Uh, we also have a little opportunities to be tested while you're away from the house. The house manager can call you and get tested while you're there. So the accountability is important. We have great structure. We have uh, three meetings a week. Uh, that are mandatory Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights at seven o'clock. Prior to that, we have what we call as our family dinner. Our uh, our house manager, we've been blessed with uh, an awesome guy, Jose, love him. Uh, he's also a trained chef and he cooks for the guys. It's like Thanksgiving three nights a week in there, it's crazy. And, then, um, and then we have um, 
you know, accountability and, and, and instruction and support is the, the third part that we have. And, and you got a bunch of guys that are, are, are doing this thing, you know, and they're, they're working steps. We, we mandate that you go to five meetings a week. The three at the house are, are cool. With COVID, we all learned to adjust a little bit. But um, it's, it's an opportunity for people to come there and basically transition back home. So we've got a 6,500 square foot house or something there about. Uh, we've got seven rooms. We have singles, private uh, doubles, and triple occupancy bedrooms. And the only thing that differs is that in the house at night, are you in a room by yourself? Do you have one roommate or two roommates? Um, we've got four uh, full bathrooms. We've got two laundry rooms. We've got a gym we set up in the basement when all the gyms closed down. Uh, it's not like a full gym, but it's enough to get a good workout in. Um, and, and it's in a, a nice environment that, that um, you can essentially, you know, how's life going to look when I, I get out of all this, this lockdown stuff? And I don't mean COVID. I mean, when you're getting out of institutionalized stuff and getting back home. And we want you to transition comfortably. So that's really our goal. How does somebody get in contact about uh, if, if they're listening and, and uh, they want they maybe want to locate there? So you can check out our website, trinitysoberliving.com. If you're interested in becoming a resident, there's a tab in there called Applications and then a little click on a thing that says Getting Started. And um, it, it's just nuts and bolts uh, thing. It's men only. We only have a men's house right now. We had a women's house. We had to close it due to politics. Uh, but we will be opening uh, more houses soon. That's our, our goal, and we're working diligently towards doing that soon. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I found in my journey, I've lived in sober living. <clears throat> and, um, you know, for me, it was not a lightning bolt, Paul. I did not come out of rehab and move forward and live, you know, a great life, you know, sober. Uh, for me, it's, you know, I was a, light, a right-hander, as I like to say, right-hander my whole life. And I, I am still learning how to live as a left-hander. Um, and, and sober living was very valuable to me. Um, you know, it was a it was a community. You know, I I couldn't. I had enough proof where I tried to jump in and rebuild the world, and and I just couldn't do it. And I need to slow down and make it more. Pro my recovery was more progressive than just a lightning bolt. And I went back to the world, and I, you know, lived perfect ever since. You know, so um, certainly valuable for that. Love connecting with you and with Mike and Trinity, and and I've been there several times and. You know, the guys are just great guys, you know, just really easy to connect with. And they're all trying to, you know, learn how to live life sober. And, and as I like to say, it's a great environment to, to learn and live, you know, learn about sobriety and live sobriety. So really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for asking. So yeah. listen, on, on topic today, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about in your first time you joined us at the coffee Yeah, but shop. I only have, there, yeah. there, there's only like 312 topics we want to talk about. Uh, about. So I, you know, know, I, right? I guess we have to figure out which yeah. one, right? That's right. If you're uh, listening, pull the car over because this will take hours. Uh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, you had made a comment <clears throat> about uh, you were relaying uh, you know, parts of your journey, and you made a comment that um, the person you were working with asked you the question, you know do you want to stop drinking forever? And, uh, and, and that just sent chills down my spine because, uh, honestly, when I came into the program, I just didn't want to drink that day. I just didn't want to, I wanted to avoid the pain of the previous day. That's all I cared about. And honestly, I thought maybe AA can teach me how to drink responsibly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I came That's in, what I thought I came in, yeah, I came in with the safety net. I right. came in with the safety net. And, uh, I'll figure this out, man, so I can drink safely. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But um, 
but yeah, the reality is this, this is now how I live my life is, is with the programs and the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, so, so let's, let's kind of go back to that point if I could. And, and you made the determination early on that this was going to be a, a, a life changer. Yeah. So Paul, before we turn it over to you, you know, if, if somebody had asked me like my day one, right, Glenn, do you want to drink? Do you want to quit drinking forever? I probably would have said no. I mean, I'm talking 2003, right? So I'm really going back. I probably would have said, no, I know I need help. I know this is out of control. This is not what I want. But, you know, I just want to figure this out a little bit, right? I mean, at some point I got to the point where, where I said, absolutely, I want to quit drinking forever. But there was a lot of evidence between point A and point B. Um, so how about folks? I mean, we get a lot of newcomers, you know, we're out there on Twitterville and all the social media, Instagram and all that stuff where people are, you know, joining us in the coffee shop just to kind of put their toe in and explore sobriety. They know they've been drinking and now they're all of a sudden faced with a question, do I want to quit forever? And they're, I mean, sometimes I almost see panic, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's almost like, do you want to break up with, with your best friend? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so help us walk, looking forward to unpacking this, you know, on both sides of it, you know, thinking of newcomers and then also thinking of reality. All right. Well, thank you. Those are, those are good and important questions. Big task. It's one I, I, I was not approached with when I first came in either. And, and again, um, you know, getting to know the information, the book is, is, is just critical. And and I hate to sound like a broken record. I didn't understand how important that was. And, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I, I, I read the book with, with you know, the, the pair of glasses of read the book when I didn't know I was reading a textbook. And when that was explained to me, I looked at it differently. And that's why it's so important. Um, so that question, you know, do you want to quit drinking forever? It's in the book. And I paraphrase all the time, but I, I'm going to open it and turn to it because I want to, um, you know, quote it exactly as it says in the book. However, you know, starting early on that they're warming you up for this, all, all the step work that's done up to chapter seven where that's written in working with others, it's it's talking about the all the other things, the important stuff that we need to know. What is alcoholism, mental obsession, physical allergy, it's underlying spiritual malady, you know, what what is where's my life unmanageable? And um you know, I didn't understand what that meant. And, and we get we get people walk in the rooms and they, they want to tell you their life's unmanageable here. You know, my wife is, is divorcing me and I'm losing my job and I crashed the car and I lost my freedom and I don't have enough money and my kids hate me and all this other stuff. And that has nothing to do with it. They, 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 they got together and they, they said, listen, if there was an easier, softer way to do this, we would have we would have written that down. You know, we wrote this down because this is the easiest, softest way. We compared our common experiences and we came up with this. And that's what they wrote down. So on page 52, it talks about where our lives have become unmanageable. And, 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 and if you look at that, there's eight, there's eight things in there, eight questions. They're actually sentences, but I turn them into questions so that I can talk to the newcomer about that. So explaining what alcoholism is, is, is critical. 
physical allergy we talked about, my, I get thirstier, mental obsession, my brain tells me stuff that isn't true. This underlying spiritual malady they talk about in the book, they talk about, you know, the spiritual bedevilments at the end of that, that chapter or that page on, on 52. Or, and they talk about, it says, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We were full of fear. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. So when I, I put those in questions, I say, you got any of that shit going on? And guys are able to say, yep, 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 yep. And maybe not check all the boxes, but they check many of them, okay? Now that I've identified with you what alcoholism is, it tells us in the book, it says, you need to diagnose yourself. Okay, I can't tell you if you're an alcoholic or not, but if you can identify with this physical allergy, this mental obsession, and now the spiritual malady, these are the areas of my life that are screwed up. Okay, now I can identify as an alcoholic. Lack of power was the problem. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol. That's step one, okay? If lack of power is the problem, getting the power must be the answer. So we immediately wish over to, to uh, chapter seven where it talks about working with others and how we do that, okay? So it tells us at the top of that page that practical experience shows us that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Then it goes on to tell us how to work intensively with other alcoholics. And when we get to the next page, it tells us this. It says, wait for the end of a spree or at least for a lucid interval. We talked about that before. Then let his family or friend ask him if he wants to quit for good. Mm. It says it right there. It says, ask him if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. Beautiful. Mm. Yep. I right, have a, right I have a message of hope to bring to you because I am this guy. I'm not two months sober like we talked about in the last session, and I'm going to sponsor you. He doesn't know anything about this stuff, I mm -hmm. promise you, okay? Mm -hmm. But I do, and I can give you some hope now. It says, look, I get it. I've done what you're doing. I've been where you are, and I know how to get out. So if your commitment is forever, I'm all in. If you're not, it also tells us that, you know, we should let you go. It tells us earlier on in the book, it says, alcohol is the great persuader. Dr. Silkworth talked about it. He said, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. My pleading with you to put down drugs and alcohol is not gonna work for the real alcoholic. Right. It worked for the dude I talked about in the other session who, who was standing up there in front of all those people. And his wife said, listen, if you don't do this, then I'm gonna leave you. That was his higher power and it worked. Mm -hmm. He just happened to hang around with AA for 20 years and he looked like one of the guys from AA. He never did any of this stuff, okay? So we're looking for the, the, the alcoholic that is beyond human aid. We talk about that at the end of, of how it works all the time, the ABCs at the end. A, we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. C, what? God couldn't would if he were sought. Everyone recites that and joins hand and kumbaya and all that other shit at the end of how it works every time. And few people understand what they're saying because a lot of those same people will say, you know, make the the the, the doorknob your higher power, the tree branch your higher power, the chair. Yeah, that drives you know? me absolutely nuts. It drives the, me crazy. The doorknob thing. Yeah. Come on, man. It has nothing to do with it. Right. It talks about an omnipotent higher power. If you bring me your doorknob higher power and I take a sledgehammer to it, I'm going to make it look pretty silly. doesn't look too omnipotent to me. So it's important for them to know what they're up against. And then it's important for us to know, are you willing to do this? Are you willing to go to any lengths for victory over alcohol? 
That's what it talks about. This isn't talking about, uh, about hiding from it. On page 100 and 101, it talks about that. It says, as long as we're spiritually fit, we can do anything it says people say we're not supposed to be able to do. But right after that, it issues a warning. It says, alcohol is a subtle foe. If we let up on our spiritual program of action, it says, you're in trouble, okay? I do not live in fear of alcohol and drugs. I don't. I, 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 do, not, I, I do not hide from it. I don't avoid it. It tells me I want to one. I don't have to because I am spiritually fit. Okay. There are people say you can't have it in your house. You can't be around people that drink. You can't do this, that, and the other. That's not true. It, it tells us exactly that in the book. It says we face this every day. It says you could go to the Greenland ice cap and an Eskimo would show up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Okay. So what it's telling me is there's a difference between fear and respect. Okay. I have a great deal of respect for alcohol. I do not live in fear of it, okay? Same thing, you know, I, I used to fight a little bit when I was young, and Mike Tyson, I love Mike Tyson. I always should have started, I watched young Mike Tyson, I watched this guy just obliterate his opponents all the time, okay? And I would go and I watch these fights, I'm like, God, he's awesome to watch and everything. And then my mind says to me, you know what? If I get in the ring with Mike Tyson, he is gonna kick my ass. It is gonna be over in seconds, okay? Therefore, I have no reason to ever get in the ring with Mike Tyson. I have a great deal of respect for that man and his abilities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do I live in fear of Mike Tyson? Absolutely not. Because you're not in the ring. I have no reason to fear him. There's no reason I should ever put myself in that position. It's the same thing with alcohol and drugs. Drugs and alcohol never jumped into my body. I always invited it. You know, I always assisted it. So as long as I don't live in fear of that, but I have a great deal of respect. If I do that, you're going to win. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fear and respect, two very, very different things. And explain that to the newcomers. Hey, listen, man, you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get busy. Well, you know, it, it seems to me that uh, you're not afraid of scaring them away. I mean, you're, you're there to confront the life and death situation. And, and that's kind of the moment of truth. I mean, that's the moment of truth. Are you ready? Are you ready to give up anything like you told, shared in your previous sessions? Will you give your whole pile of stuff away? For, to never have a drink ever, ever again, and and uh, but you're not afraid to scare somebody away if if they're if they're not ready. It, it's our job. It's our job is, is to tell them. You know, it talks about on page 25 in our book. It says that that we have we have passed into this region from which there is no return through human aid. Okay. It says that that we are we are where there is no there is no middle of the road solution. If there's no middle of the road solution, it says that we got to make a decision here, okay? If, if I can't be half in and half out, it means you got to decide, all right? Because if you're all in, I'm all in with you. Mm -hmm. I will do everything I can. I'll do everything in my power to get you through these steps so that you too can have this spiritual understanding, this spiritual awakening, a new spiritual experience, a, a new relationship with a higher power. And then, like, like any good parent knows, the two greatest gifts you can give your kids, what are they? Roots and wings, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with a sponsee. I'm going to give you great understanding. I'm going to give you a great road to recovery. And then I'm going to cut you loose. And I want you to go out and carry this message to the alcoholic that still suffers. Are you going to stumble? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Call me up. You're sponsoring a guy for the first time. Tell him, you know what? This is the first time I ever sponsored anyone. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, but I will share my experience with you. I had a great sponsor. I know that I can go to him and I can bounce this stuff off of him. Are you comfortable with that? Who's going to say no to that? Right. You got a new guy that's dying 
dying over here and he's willing to, to come to you for help, hey, if you got to go over and ask for help, fine. Here's what I won't do. I won't bullshit you. I'm not going to tell you a lie. Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I tell everyone I meet that. I said, at the end of this talk, I said, you are going to know the truth. You may not like it, but you damn sure are going to know it. Okay, you do with that what you want. Okay, I know you guys are looking at me like, it's passion. I'm not armed. Well, actually, I am. But um, <laughs> it, 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 I, I, I get that because I know I was there. And I was at that place where, where alcohol and drugs just weren't doing it for me. I knew I couldn't do it anymore. But if I had this understanding early on in recovery, it would have changed my first five years. Yeah. Okay? yeah, but Paul, there's, there's, so many, there's so much coddling, you know. Um, like, for example, and, and, and hey, you know what? I, full disclosure, I have told my story. I am relapse king. You know, I was, you know, I've been to 75 plus detoxes. I mean, I am the relapse king. Um, and when I came back to the room, I wanted love. I wanted uh, Kyle and Glenn. It's okay. Come on, Glenn. Welcome Glenn, back. welcome back. Hey, you know, just get back, you know, wait, wait, get back in it, right? And, and nobody really kicked my ass. But one of the guys in our room who relapsed, you know, drove himself to Silver Cross Hospital to get help and died in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. It was that day that I said, look, this coddling bullshit is over. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, hey, I, I'm, I don't really kick somebody's ass, but hey, man, relapse is very dangerous. Oh. And, and for me, I did a relapse, you know, presentation on, on relapse. And, and the, the slide that talked about, you know, the relapse, I had a big fire alarm. Because that's what it was, that's what it became for me, is how dangerous a relapse was and, and, and how I was looking at it. And, and yet the rooms are like, oh, hey, Paul, welcome back. You know, it's okay. Just get, it's not okay. And it's worse than that because it's, it's not only this coddling. And I know you've been in those situations helping many, many, many guys who relapse. You've been to the, the hotels and the hospitals and the, you know, I, I heard previous episode you know the four restraints the five restraints mm -hmm. yeah well it, it, and it's much worse than that and, and again I love AA and I, I always want to lead with that I want people to understand I have a passion for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous which is a lot different than a lot of what we see out there in meetings these days so maybe about how people are running AA yeah, I mean, it, it all changed. I mean, you can you can look at the the, the track record. You know, the, the the grapevine decided that it'd be a good idea to expand our fellowship, and we're going to do that by by changing the format of our meetings. This. It, it, it happened in the end of the, the 50s and beginning of the 60s where they were talking about we're going to have these topic and discussion meetings and we're going to we're going to uh, invite people to to talk about their stuff and what's happened is it's turned into fucking group therapy yep. okay and you got a bunch of sick people sitting around that don't can't answer their own issues and they're trying to help someone else in the room with their stuff and it's not right that's not what we're supposed to be doing it's wrong and one of the things i heard the other day i heard this i, I was with a bunch of people in a, a little class i'm taking right now and i heard someone say you know you know, well, relapse is part of recovery. Man, my head almost popped off. It, that is a saying that I hear in AA all the time. Yep. Relapse is part of recovery. That's a freaking lie. I have a terrible mouth. I'm sorry. That is a lie. Okay. Relapse is not part of the recovery. And then I get someone say, well, it's in the big book. I said, oh, you know what? I said, show it to me. I know that book. You know, I know it's in there somewhere. I said, I know what you're <laughs> talking about. And you are misquoting our big book. It's on page 120 in Two Wives. Okay, it talks about that. It says, well, well we, we, it's better that a man doesn't relapse at all. Sometimes people do. Okay, walking into AA and telling a newcomer relapse is part of recovery is a yeah. permission slip for them to go out yep. and try it again. And it's wrong. 
Okay, that's why this question, are you ready to quit forever? Okay, if you relapse, does that mean you can't come back? No, you're welcome back 75 times. God bless yep. you. I'm glad 76 got you here. Okay, but that's well, I not it. counting at 75. It might have been who knows what number, but that's not everybody's journey, right. you know. And, and and it's important for you to know had you known if you'd known this information at, at time 20, might it have changed your path? Absolutely. See, maybe. absolutely would have. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. What I do know is that when I was growing up and I grew up with alcoholism all around me, my, my mom came over, her her side of the family came. She was a Delaney. She came over from the Big Island. And, you know, it's like you're required to drink over there. I had alcoholism throughout my entire mother's side of the family, and many of my aunts, uncles, and cousins had it. And we had these great big Catholic gatherings, you know, and all the, the Christmas and all the holidays and birthdays and all that shit. And there'd be certain aunts and uncles and cousins that would be, you know, messed up or passed out over there. And all these little kids are walking up, and I'm one of them. I'm looking. I'm like, you know, what's wrong with, what's wrong with you know, Uncle Dick over there, you know? And, oh, no, you know, just, just go outside and play. Their answer to that was, we're going to ignore it. We're not going to talk about it. And when I got into the depths of my addiction, I knew my family was not a place to go because we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so vocal about this. I talk at the schools. I go to the health departments of the, and, and talk to the high school classes. And I say, listen, guys, you know what? You need to understand something. There is, an, there is a connection. There is a scientifically proved connection. Something Dr. Silkworth thought was right. And we have science to prove it today. There's a genetic predisposition to the, the possibility that you you can be an alcoholic or an addict if it's somewhere in your family. Mm -hmm. And I tell kids this and I say, listen, I'm not telling you that don't drink and, and don't go out and, and experiment and, you know, do whatever drugs you're going to do. I don't not promoting it, but I get it. What I'm telling you is if you find yourself getting into trouble, help's available. OK, I didn't know that. And it probably kept me drunk. Not probably. It could have kept me drunk for years beyond when I might have gotten into this thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, great point. So, so what happens with, um, you know, I've got an anonymous Twitter account focused on sobriety. And, um, you know, I had a guy reach out to me, right? And, and, and I just, you know, he dabbled for three months before he even got in the rooms, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he just was dipping his toe in the water. Um, you know, then he finally got it. And he just celebrated 18 months and just turned his life around, right? I really feel that if I had said, hey, man, are, are you willing to quit forever, that he would have said no, and then just turned around and walked away. Mm -hmm. So where's, is there a happy medium? And if so, where is it? Okay. That's right out of our book, by the way. Everything we talk no, about man, is in the I, book. All right. I've already flushed through. I need to sharpen that pencil. So it says alcohol is a great persuader in our book. It also talks about the, the experiment. It says, step over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Now, you have to take into, into account when this was written, okay? And it's not ever saying that if you know you're an alcoholic, you should go and try this experiment. That's not what it's saying. It's saying back then, and even now, there are people that aren't sure, okay? So now, if I've explained what alcoholism is, mm -hmm. and, and you go out and you do this experiment, it says, try some controlled drinking. It says, try to have one or two drinks. What's going on? Okay, it's right in there. So it says, you know, I'm going to a a bar to watch a football game. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do today. I'm, I'm gonna do this experiment. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have two drinks. Okay, and, and, and uh, I, I know a football game is four quarters, so I can have one drink in the first half and one drink in the second half. And uh, okay, that first drink now, okay, one half is two quarters. I'm gonna have half of the drink in one quarter and half of the drink in the other quarter. So I'm going through all this, these machinations so I can try and figure out how I'm gonna nurse this drink into one half, okay? I'm already pissed off. This mental obsession is already on. My brain is telling me, man, that was a bad idea committing to this. Yeah, thing. and he, 
If you have to control something, isn't it already out of control? Yeah, you can't. So that's it in the book. It talks yeah. about control and enjoy. Yeah. If I'm controlling my drinking, I am not enjoying it. No way. Man. Okay. And if I'm enjoying my drinking, you're not enjoying my company. You know that 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 was the warnings I always got. You know, you, you can't come to Thanksgiving if you're going to drink too much. You can only have two drinks. My wife didn't understand frothy emotional appeal. She didn't know that that the first one is the one that gets you. Okay, it's not. She's not allowing me to have just enough drinks. Okay, she thinks she's being kind and loving, and you can have one or two. My brain is on fire. That tells me the phenomenon of craving kicks in as soon as I introduce drugs and alcohol in my body, and not before. They go over that many, many times. Okay, the phenomenon of craving cannot occur until I put drugs or alcohol in my body. Okay, everything else is the thought. Okay, and it says that when this happens, we recoil us from a hot flame. Those are thoughts. You have people sitting in a bar drinking club soda with all their buddies who are drinking at the hockey game because they're five seconds into recovery and think it's a safe place to be. Right. And after a while, they get drunk and they call me up and they say, I don't know what happened. You know, the craving came over me. I said, That's not true. You're a fucking idiot, okay? You were not in a spiritually connected place where you could be in and in a, have an understanding you can't drink anymore, and you thought you would test the waters. You thought you'd walk the plank, and you lost, mm -hmm. okay? So this isn't about a craving. You didn't have a craving. What you had were a lot of thoughts. They overwhelmed you. That mental obsession was on, and you got a body that says, you know what? You can go sneak a shot. Mm -hmm. You go to the bathroom, grab one on the way by, no one will know. Mm -hmm. Until what happens? The phenomenon of craving occurs, and it's like, I go to the bathroom again. You know, and again, every five again. minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm here because because I, I need to learn. I'm here because I, I appreciate my sobriety more than anything else in my life. I'm, I've also come to the realization that without my sobriety, I don't have the life I have today. Um, and the phrase goes, if you want what we have in our will and you go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. What are my next certain steps that I need to be taken? to make sure I don't put myself, that I'm in check, my spiritual maladies in check, that I'm working, I'm putting myself in the right environment. What are the things I need to do to get what it is that you have? So last session I started and didn't, didn't finish that process and I should have and I apologize. So the first three steps are conclusions of the heart and the mind. Okay, and that means that, that you know what lack of power is, you know what getting the power looks like. And step three, you make a decision. Mm -hmm. That that step should take very, very little time. If, if, if I spent a year and a half on that step, by the way. <laughs> okay, okay, so here's so here, let me run this. But all it you. says is make a decision. I wanted to figure it all out and, and shame on me. So no, not necessarily. And and this is this is another place that, that gets me going because if that's true either you didn't know what you were up against because no one explained it to you or you didn't want it I those it. are the only two options then you didn't know what you were up against right. if you didn't understand what lack of power looked like how can you make a decision that you want power it's impossible Right. So having alcoholism explained to me, it changed that 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 thought process like lack of power is a problem. And I understand it. Now I get it. If getting the power is, is, is the answer. And for me, I struggled. I came in this thing. I was pissed off at God. But it said, have a willingness to believe in a power greater than yourself. OK, it doesn't say that you need to identify what that power is. What it's saying is if you can just have this willingness to believe that there is a power greater than you, whatever it is, we don't need to define it. You don't have to draw a picture of it. You don't have to do anything else with it. All I want you to do is this. Have a willingness to believe it might be true. 
And if you can answer that question, yes, it says, let's move on. Let's keep going and let's get to the end of this thing. And let's see if at the 12th step, you can, having had a spiritual awakening is the result of working these steps. So it's saying, let's get going. So steps one, two, and three are conclusions of the heart and the mind. Okay. Steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine are, are all action steps. All right. Step 10 is, is the culmination of steps four through nine. It, it talks about that, that, that when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. We go out and we make our amends immediately. If you go to the 10th step in the book, it, it summarizes steps four through nine right there for us. Okay. Step 11 is about improving your relationship with your higher power. Okay. That's our, our, our 11th step is all about, about continuing this journey by growing our spiritual self. This book is littered with, with phrases about you have to be spiritually fit. You got to be spiritually strong. If you do this and, and your spiritual uh, health is, is, is strong, you'll be okay. And then the 12th step is about carrying this message and, and, and helping other people. So working through the steps a, a, a bunch of times, true, but I live in steps 10, 11, and 12. That because it, it, I take one word out of each of those last three steps, continue, improve, practice. Okay. Step 10 is steps four through nine all crammed together. If I'm going out and I'm making amends when I've wronged or harmed somebody, then I'm going through four, four through nine. And at night I get to go and call my sponsor, call another person in the program and say, Hey man, I did some shit and it was bad and it was wrong. And I prayed about it. Then I went out and I made my amends. And now I'm talking to you about it. Steps four and five, I'm getting all that done. And then I'm going to continue to go out and work with others. And I'm going to grow my spiritual life in 11 and 12. You know, and it's incredible that we have the opportunity to, to work these steps continuously without dredging through each one back on step one again. You know, how long have you been sober? Oh, 30 years. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Seriously, you know, what, what do you want to do? You know, step one is turned into your history. Let's write down, you know, all the money you spent or all the damage you caused. Or let's talk about all the bad shit you did while you were, you were drunk. You guys talk about experience, strength, and hope. My experience today is, is that, that I am able to work the, the 12 steps and see a difference. My strength today is a God, a higher power in my life that I didn't believe existed when I walked into this thing. And my hope for today is that if I did it, you can do it too. That's my experience, strength, and hope. It's not about these freaking war stories that go on for freaking ever. That's a beautiful thing. It's awesome. Yep. Beautiful thing. So my, my takeaway, if I, if I took my notes right, uh, is, is to continue uh, to grow, to improve, and, and uh, to practice these principles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And practice the principles, not just practice not drinking. Practice yes. the principles. Yeah, so, you know, Mike, and if you feel like that, you know, your, your step work was not maybe up to snuff, it's cool to go back and do it again. There's nothing wrong with that. I Having a different understanding takeaway. of it. Having, that is my takeaway. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I went back and did all my steps again when someone explained to me what I'm supposed to be doing. Again, I had a kind, loving, beautiful human being telling me that basically meetings are the answer. And, and to, I, I had, had a notebook, a five-subject notebook. I think I filled every page in there for my fourth step. He, he fell asleep like four times listening to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Awesome. That is, that you know? is and, I, and it didn't have to be like that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. What I shared is, I mean, today I might know, and I'm just making these numbers up, I might know 30% of what's out there about AA and steps and the big book. And... And, and from the 30%, probably 25% I learned from going through the steps myself. 
And then a majority of what I know today is from reworking and working the steps with other people. And, and that really juices me. But, man, I'll tell you what. My key takeaway is I need more. I need to sharpen my pencil better. I need to do more and maybe rework the steps again. No, okay. not, not maybe. Let me take that word maybe out. And I need to rework the steps again with a level of diligence. And, you know, I look forward to plugging into you, Paul, outside of the room, just getting some insights. And, man, I'll tell you what, what a powerful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Can, powerful can, can sessions, I man. Can I close with a bit of a commercial, though? Uh, and and because I think even the commentary about the event is is going to be gold for people to hear. Um, I participated in a, a workshop a couple few years ago called Ungarbled, the Twelve Steps Ungarbled, mm-hmm. and uh, it was led by Paul and his his partner. And uh, I'll tell you, it uh, it was a five hour workshop, uh, but I walked away from there with a clear understanding that the that my recovery is going to be found in the principles and and. and you know that it doesn't do it justice what it was but i'd like you to talk about it and and part of why i want to talk about it is because these events are held uh is there a website for ungarbled or uh, the answer is yes it just isn't working right now uh, so uh just, so yeah we we've got the domain name and haven't really uh populated it with information but okay. what you're talking about is uh uh my buddy uh, Steve, and actually uh, Stephen and, and another guy started this ungarbled thing before I met up with him. Uh, Steve and I have been doing it together for many years, and uh, we've we've uh, we've got this, this awesome form. We got a PowerPoint presentation, like you said, it's a five-hour presentation, and we we break down the twelve steps as it's laid out in the big book. We have handouts that go through every single uh, slide that we put up there. We explain what it means. We explain how they came to this understanding. We go thoroughly through a four-step and, and we have a separate four-step section so that people know how to do a four-step. It takes, takes the fear out of it. And we have had tremendous response from this thing. We have been, we have done it in many places all over Illinois, Indiana, up in Wisconsin. Uh, we, we were able to go to Nashville and put it on down there. We were down in New Orleans and did an incredible turnout there. We had, I think, 350, 400 people in, in the room down there. And you have people all the time, that the response to it is incredible. We have people that have been in this program for years and years or dozens of years and come up and say, I've never heard this stuff before. Where did you find it? Mm-hmm. Which is my first experience. And I said, it's in this big book. I just, I just didn't know it was there. And, and I, awesome. I, every single slide we have on there has a page number attached to it. We say, we're not making any of this stuff up. It's right here. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's I would amazing. really encourage it. And if uh, if you want, reach out. What's the email address for the podcast, Glenn? It's podcast at sober dot coffee. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and keep you posted if there's events in the area. Uh, just email us if you're interested in, a, in an event. And you know, kind of talking uh, as we wrap up here, kind of talk about the economics, you know, uh, of life, right? Because I was taught to always follow the money. Uh, the money trail doesn't lead back up to Paul when he does these workshops oh. and the money trail doesn't lead back up to uh, SoberDoc to Mike and no, Glenn when, you, when you donate to SoberDoc Coffee uh, you know we're just putting it in, back in the cost of production to get the word out to get the word out to Absolutely. help the next struggling alcoholic Paul thanks for coming in man yeah, Paul, powerful so, so real, much real yes. quick um, we have our uh, our big book study currently is a hybrid meeting on Saturdays and if anyone wants to zoom that mm-hmm. we can maybe put that yep. on the website Absolutely. Uh, user ID and a password um, because we break down that big book and it's a 26 week process to go through the whole cycle we call it which is the first 164 pages including uh, uh, Dr. Silkworth the doctor's opinion and Dr. Bob's nightmare which is the first story in the back of the book and if you want to join us via zoom 
uh, there's a way to do that. Oh, that's fantastic. Paul, thanks so much for being here. We'll post here. that. Paul, thanks, yeah. Chief. Thanks for having thanks, me. Man. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.